Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 16th of September 2021 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. The art of storytelling is hard to pin down, but a successful story is one where the listener can feel the emotion of the storyteller, where they can sense the changes and maybe even think to themselves that given the same circumstances, they might act in the same way. As we slough off the last few oppressively hot weeks, we'll be listening to a story from Leslie, who managed to leave her entire audience feeling what she felt. After Leslie, we'll re-listen to a story from Katie, who explains a wish for something she did not have. Before we get to today's stories, though, a huge thanks goes out to our loyal hometown listeners. As these hot, hot months fade behind us, we wipe the sweat from our eyes and carry on. We love you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. Thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week in particular to listeners in Boardman, Oregon in the USA, Paynton in the United Kingdom, and Hyderabad in India. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our next show will be coming up on September 30th, and the theme will be same, same, but different. Tickets are available and are selling fast. Go to the website or find the link on TicketLab. Instructions about how to get involved are also on the website at hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with a story from our August 2021 show that had the theme, Busted Out, here is Leslie. I was browsing the ladies' underwear section of a very reliable department store when I came across a new product. In a small plastic pouch was something labelled nipple covers. <laughs> I was intrigued, but I couldn't open the packet in the store. So based on the fact that everything else I'd ever bought from the very reliable store was of a good standard, I made a purchase. <laughs> For those of you mystified as to why a girl should need nipple covers, let me try and throw some light on the matter. You see, at the all-girls Catholic school where the principal was a nun, the dress code was strict. And as a fairly new member of staff, I had managed to wear items of clothes that didn't comply to the dress code, especially in the cleavage and neckline area. I was beginning to think that it was actually my body they objected to and not my clothes, and it was making me feel a little self-conscious. And another thing about nipples is that if you're in a warm environment and you move to a chilled, air-conditioned environment and your top's a bit flimsy, then nipples tend to pop. I looked on this product as something that would smooth things out. So the next morning, I decided to try them. I opened the packet to find they were made of a very thin, band-aid-type, flesh-coloured fabric in the shape of large daisies. <laughs> in the centre of each one was a small cotton pad. Think large corn plaster. <laughs> it was early, it was dark. I wasn't really awake enough to read the instructions on the back of the packet. Anyway, I couldn't find my reading glasses. Peeled off the backing paper, it seemed straightforward enough. I did think at the time that circular cotton pad was smaller than my nipple area. <laughs> anyway, 
stuck them on, went to work. Throughout the day, no one approached me to say I deviated from the dress code again, and no one pointed and went, look at those nipples. So I guess they were working. I got home, hot, sweaty after a hard day's toil. First thing I wanted to do was get in the shower. Upon removal of my clothes and a quick glimpse in the bathroom mirror, I remembered the hastily applied nipple covers from that morning. That flesh-coloured fabric made it look like I had no nipples. It looked weird. Best take them off, I thought. But easier said than done. (laughs) That thin fabric was really thin. I, I have nails, but I just couldn't get one under the edge. Okay, never worry. Have a shower. Did that, came out, tried again. Still wasn't making any progress. So I had another shower. And I used more shower gel this time. Came out, still sticking there, couldn't get them off. I looked in the bathroom cabinet and I found some baby oil. So I tried that. But nothing was working. I was beginning to think these nipple covers were on my breasts perhaps forever. (laughs) I reckon about half an hour had passed since I got home from work and I was still in the bathroom trying to remove these things from my body. But a a mild panic was rising. I took a few deep breaths and persevered. And I got hold of the edge and began to peel. Holy hell. The pain was excruciating. There was no way I could just rip it off quickly. I had to slowly, slowly, millimeter by millimeter, remove this clinging thing. I think it took, maybe it took about five minutes and the pain was making me feel nauseous. I've had two children. I ran a marathon once, but this, I'd never experienced anything like it. I came out in a hot and cold sweat. I began to shake. I lost all color in my face. I had a gray tinge. It was such a relief to remove this thing from my body. But wait, horror of horrors, there was still the other one to remove. (laughs) I had to have a lie down to psychologically build myself up to the removal of the other nipple cover. And it was the same horrible experience, shaking, sweating, on the brink of tears. I got it off finally. Gentle listeners, never buy this item. It should have a health warning written on the back. I definitely do not recommend them. Let your nipples be free. You can hear how much our audiences were enjoying this story. Men and women alike were feeling the pain and anguish of Leslie's ordeal, and we hope that she has saved some poor listener from going down the same dark path she did. A reminder to all of you listening from Hong Kong that we have workshops you can attend and tell your stories at. Find all the info you need at hongkongstories.com. And now with a story from 2016. Wow, that was a long time ago. Here is Katie. Um, So when I was 12 years old, I started walking a little bit differently. I went from walking like this 
to locking like this. If you don't really notice the difference, chances are you're like the boys I was trying to impress. I thought by walking with my chest stuck out a little bit more, it would accentuate my extremely flat chest. You see, as all my girlfriends started developing breasts, I started developing a collection for padded bras. Pause for the audience to look at your boobs. <laughs> it's still a padded bra. <laughs> See, my parents even used to joke that I got my dad's jeans for breasts, try to make me feel better. <laughs> and if you remember middle school, the boys are just brutal. And I remember there was this one snowstorm over the weekend one time. And I was in the cafeteria on Monday morning. And a couple of boys came up to me and they asked me if I had gotten mosquito bites over the weekend. And I just, well, it's, it was snowing, so no. And then they pointed at my chest and laughed and walked away. <laughs> and if, you know, it's really hard for a growing girl to feel comfortable in her body especially when the boys are all really aware of the one part of you that they want to look at and that's disappointing to them. And so I guess you could say I kind of had a bad relationship with my breasts. Well, maybe because it was one-sided. <laughs> but a lot of that changed when I got to high school and I met the boy who would become my husband. And you see, he really embraced my small breasts. <laughs> So I did too. And just like that, my self-confidence grew and I thought my body issues would be gone for the rest of my adult life. But you never know when those insecurities sneak back in. You see, about six years ago, my husband and I left Chicago and we moved to Barcelona, Spain. And we loved Spain. We loved having coffees in the plaza and having long siestas and going to the disco until 6 a.m. And we loved the beach culture. If you've never been, the beaches in Barcelona are simply stunning. And something that I had never known was that about one in three women on the beach go topless. And when we first got there and we saw this, my husband was really excited. <laughs> and I instinctively said, well, I'll never do that. And my husband, being both a red-blooded man and a supportive guy, said, oh, come on, you have a beautiful body. You should show it off. But instantly I was brought back to the middle school cafeteria and my insecurity just prevented me from doing it. But the more I went to the beach, the more I would watch as all these women bounced around and they looked like they were having so much fun. And I was jealous. I was envious of their liberation. And I was envious of their confidence. And I was envious of their tan lines. Because as any woman in the audience knows, the worst part of your outfit is that thin white stripe of skin that is a result of your bathing suit top. And primarily for this reason is why I decided I should be going topless. <laughs> I wanted to wear cute outfits. <laughs> so I did, so I went to the place that is the most logical beach that you should go to for the first time that you go topless. 
a place where there's nothing but men, but not a single one would be looking at me. The gay nude beach. (laughs) I learned a lot at the gay nude beach. I learned what an uncircumcised penis looks like. (laughs) I'd never seen one before, and I definitely took pictures. and sent them to my friends (laughs) repeatedly. (laughs) I also learned penises can get sunburnt. Maybe it's all that extra skin. And I learned the most important lesson, which was just how liberating it can feel to untie your top for the first time. It was amazing. I felt the warm Mediterranean air caressing my bosom. And the sun rays were illuminating my feminine essence. I felt strong. I felt empowered. I felt sunburned. (laughs) Because these pale white breasts had never seen the light of day, and even nipples can get sunburned. (laughs) Now... Armed with the confidence from the gay nude beach, I decided maybe it's time to up my game, go to see some heterosexual men, you know, see what they think of the the girls. So I wasn't brave enough to go to the main Barcelona beach because I was afraid of my friends seeing me. So my husband and I would hop on a train and we'd go to the town next door. And as soon as we get off the train, I would peel off my top and run down to the water as free as the day God made me. And I felt great. I thought, I finally understand all the bra burners of the 1960s. That is until... I heard two Spanish men laughing, saying, Chichis pequeñas! which means small boobs in English. And instantly I was brought back to the middle school cafeteria. I got out of the water, I tied back my suit, and I sulked. And it would be a while before I can gain the confidence to even consider taking my top off again. But soon, as that thin white stripe got brighter and brighter, I realized, come on, you can do this. Get back out there and show them your girls. So to gain a little confidence, I asked my girlfriends if they'd go with me. The four of us went to the main Barcelona beach. And as we got to the beach, I was with my four girlfriends and one of my girlfriend's one-and-a-half-year-old son. And I'd never met this kid before, but he was a cute little blonde, curly-haired kid, and he seemed pretty well-behaved, so we let him with us. And as we stepped onto the sand, they all whipped off their tops and ran down to the beach, all excited. And I felt like, okay, this is the moment. Anyone could be in the beach. Anyone could see your naked top. You better be prepared for this. So I undid my top, and I looked nervously around, hoping I didn't hear anyone laughing. And then my girlfriend asked me if I could watch her son while she went swimming in the sea. 
I said, sure, but I was still a little bit self-conscious. And so as I had him on my lap, and we were playing in the sand, I still was looking around just to see if anybody, you know, any strange men would be looking at me. And as I'm looking in the distance, I feel the kid grab my boob and put my nipple in his mouth. <laughs> and I didn't have kids, so I had never experienced this before. But it was the first time that I had seen my breasts as something other than a disappointing, underdeveloped sexual object. You know, they're a part of me that was capable of sustaining life. And all that time I had been nervous about what these strange men would think. And I had one little man that thought my breasts we're perfect. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>